I think Celeste Katz-Marston is uh, on the line from New York. I, I think she's there. Uh, uh, Celeste, can you hear me all okay? Yes, good morning. Good morning, Celeste. Is everything all okay over there in the United States? Yep, doing well coming to you from Boston today. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. What a great city. Yeah, it's sort of a, a university city, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. It's it's really a center for learning, also a big uh, center for research, healthcare, technology, and of course all the history, you know, the revolutionary history and so on. So, uh yeah, lots lots going on here. All right. Now listen, I haven't drawn a winner for our quiz. <gasps> okay. Dave, you're getting into trouble, eh? <laughs> Celeste Katz. Oh, we're going to send it to the United States of America. No, Christine from Port Macquarie, congratulations. Uh, we'll send that off to Port Macquarie. Yeah, well done. Give us a call back. Quick one 800 and we'll get your details and we'll send it off to you. Have you got a fridge magnet, by the way, Celeste Katz Marston? I have not, but I would love one dearly. Shh, don't tell Rod. Okay. Listeners, okay. don't tell Rod. I'll send one to you, okay? How does that sound? Thank you. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Don't dog me in, okay? Okay, I will. All right. Face masks are making a return, apparently, because of a triple-demic, what they're calling a triple-demic. That's COVID, flu, and RSV. Tell me more about that. Yeah, they're talking about bringing back masking. And I, I don't know how it's going for you right now in Australia, but in the United States, a lot of places have really dropped masking. A lot of people, some people still choose to do it, whether they just want to be extra careful or maybe they have autoimmune disease, pregnancy, some other situation that they want to take extra care. But a lot of people have really sort of gotten over uh, the conditions uh, under which we lived in the pandemic. But now with uh, winter coming on, with holidays, gatherings, people being indoors and this triple-demic or tridemic of flu, COVID, and RSV, uh, masks may be making a comeback. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? It's uh, interesting. It's often the finer things, the little things that people pick up on that can give away bigger things, if you know what I mean. Like uh, just recently, the World Cup was shown in China and the Chinese people were seeing people in the stadiums that weren't wearing masks and they're thinking, hang on, we have to get tested just to get on the trains each day and, and to walk down the main streets in China. And uh, that apparently was also part of the fuel that fired up the protests across China just recently when it came to uh, uh, mask wearing. Apparently that was the little secret, uh, you know, they're watching people up on TV that are in the stands of the World Cup and they're not wearing masks and they're thinking, well, why do we have to wear masks? So maybe it's back to masks for us uh, whilst they take theirs off. I don't know. But how, <laughs> how is the pandemic over there? Are you guys doing okay, though, with it? I mean, we're definitely seeing um, deaths are down dramatically from where we were. But if you think about it, we've had something like 99 million reported reported cases of COVID in the United States. And over a million people have died in this country of COVID. And certainly with vaccination, boosting uh, therapeutic drugs to treat people who do get sick with the virus, you know, our situation is much better. But that doesn't mean the virus has gone away. And I think that talking or renewed talking, at least about masking, is sort of an acknowledgement that we haven't we are not living in uh, an, a covid free age quite yet. Yeah. So uh, you're heading into that third pandemic winter now. Things are only just starting to get cold over there, aren't they? 
Yeah, just just about. It's actually not that bad right now. Uh, it's been sort of in the 50s and 40s, actually very unusually warm for uh, for December in the United States. But uh, it winter is coming, as they say. It's unusually cool over this side of the planet, I can tell you. I think where the solstice is 22nd of December, that's when it really begins here for summer. Um, so, yeah, things are still to warm up here and still to cool down over there. Uh, also making the news in the United States of America, parents looking for children's Tylenol, ibuprofen, are finding empty shelves. Right. This has to do with, again, that triple-demic, uh, especially with the addition now of RSV, which is a virus that is going around among lots of children, can be very serious for children and babies. And so parents are trying to f- treat their kids for fevers, aches and pains, and so on. And with all these different sicknesses going on at once, they're going to the pharmacy or or the chemist, whatever you may call it, and looking for Tylenol, something to treat their kids, and there's nothing there. Um, it, it's sort of a question about whether uh, there really is a manufacturing problem or if these are anecdotal, but um, there are parents out there that are definitely trying to just take care of their kids and can't get the medicines to do that. That's uh, that's terrible when you see a child that's suffering and you can't help. And uh, so many of the, the chains collapsed, didn't they, during COVID, the supply chains, uh, it's a real issue at the moment still. Right, right. I think they're just, they weren't expecting this kind of demand. There was uh, demand certainly for Tylenol. I remember going into uh, a store near where I live and um, asking, actually, my husband was buying the Tylenol and the person said, oh, did you just get the COVID vaccine? And he said, yeah, because that knocked a lot of people out, including me. Definitely worth it. The vaccine is definitely worth it. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we've had bumps in demand for these things, but now sort of perfect storm conditions, everybody, all these kids getting sick at once. And I do feel bad for parents who are trying to take care of them and just can't get medicine to make their little kid feel better. Yeah, I do know that uh, we had a little dog, a little puppy, um, and the vet used to say to us, just get the child brand of uh, of Tylenol. Uh, so I wonder if it's something to do with that as well. You know, pets being given Tylenol and ibuprofen and things like that. It could be... <laughs> A reason I don't know, but uh, we we found it hard to find such stuff here in Australia too. So particularly over the last couple of years, um, I was watching the telly and Prince William and Princess Catherine of Wales um, were wandering around the city hall where you are in Boston. So a whirlwind visit, I believe. Yeah, that was they were here to uh, to observe the uh, a celebration to attend a celebration for this Earthshot Prize, which they do to uh, work on uh, innovative ways to address climate change. And so it was a big deal. Uh, lots of national coverage, international coverage. They came here. They did this ceremony. They visited uh, the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library and Museum, which is, of course, right here outside of Boston. Uh, they met with President Biden. They met with some school children, you know, sort of did the rounds and some people were super, super excited, but uh, quite a few people in in Boston and surrounds just sort of didn't really seem to care. And the interesting thing about making a, a big deal about the royals is that, of course, again, going back to what we were saying at the beginning, Boston really is sort of thought of as the cradle of the American Revolution. Yes. Uh, you know, the United States sort of chucking off this association with the, the royals. And, um, you know, it's, so it's just a little bit ironic that people uh, in Massachusetts or in the United States might be going this wild over British royalty when, you know, the whole reason we sort of exist as a country 
country is because we didn't want that. Yeah. And you had to find somewhere else to put the prisoners when you guys uh, got your independence, wasn't it? Something like that. <laughs> uh, they had to find some. And, and why are some people in the United States fascinated by the royals? I've always scratched my head and thought, my goodness, they do go gaga in some parts of America for them. I think there's just been traditionally in the United States because we obviously don't have for for the reasons just stated uh, a royalty system. We have a representative government. Uh, we don't uh, have any association with the crown and so on. But I think there's just sort of a pageantry and a glamour to it. You know, if you look at um, a lot of, say, popular culture, people have this sort of, uh, you know, this sort of fantasy world that they associate with with royalty and with crowns and with sort of all this, um, you know, tradition and so on. It's just very different from the way we live. So we, we enjoy our independence, but I think people just find it in some ways sort of charming, really. And uh, as one of those people who stayed up very, very late at night as a child to watch uh, Princess Diana uh, get married, uh, I understand some of the fascination, but I, I think some people do take it a little bit too far, like every every hiccup and uh, misstep uh, and fashion statement. Uh, I don't get that far into it, but some people I think just find it entertaining. I think so too. And may well you enjoy your independence and be there as the stability of the world. It's a great nation and it's always great to catch up with you, Celeste. Thank you so much for having a chat. You'll speak with Rod Quinn next time. So thank you. Always a pleasure. Celeste Katz in Boston.